Hi guys, my name is Brendan Patrick, and you're listening to Superlit. Superlit is a bi-weekly podcast pertaining to books devoted to the LGBTQ community, and it is Pride Month, so I'm very excited. I just got back from an anime convention in Atlantic City. Um, this is my second time going to the one in Atlantic City, so um, just to give you some context, I'm a big old dork, and uh, I actually didn't realize that Philadelphia Pride was this weekend. So I missed out on Philadelphia Pride because I was busy being a big old dork. So I hope that for those of you that have been uh, or are able to have been celebrating uh, this lovely Pride Month. So this week's book is called My Fairy Godmother is a Drag Queen, and it is by David Clawson. Um, I read this book maybe two years ago when I was still working at Sephora. And let me tell you, this book is... (laughs) It's very campy. The family that the main character, Chris, lives with. Um, so a little bit of a background story for Chris. His father married Iris Fontaine. And then a little bit afterwards um, died. I won't say specifically how because it's part of the story. But he now lives with uh, the Fontaine family. And he. It's this book is almost like a, uh, a Cinderella story, if you will. <laughs> Um, he basically takes care of the two Fontaine children, uh, Kimberly and Buck, and also takes care of the stepmother, Iris. And this book, it's, it's, I had such a fun time reading it because it's so wildly campy and it's just so ridiculous, the, all of the different things that happen. And I feel like this would be a perfect book to start off Pride Month with. So I figured we would do something cute and fun. (laughs) So the book is My Fairy Godmother is a Drag Queen. And it starts off with our main character, Chris. Um, They call him Christopher. But the main character, Chris, is kind of running around the brownstone that they live in in New York, helping his uh, family members get ready for this big... Uh, I kept calling it a gala, but I know it's just like, it's not a gala. Let me find it. They're going to the, uh, do, 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 the autumnal ball. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that's why I kept calling it a gala. Cause in my head, that's just like easier to say, but, um, the, uh, their <laughs> Fontaine family is going to the autumnal uh, I almost called it a gala again, the autumnal ball. And they're going to try to get Kimberly to win over a gentleman named J.J. Kennerly. So the Kennerly family is a famous political family, and they have lots of money. And the Fontaines are slowly running out of money because um, Chris's father is the one that had all of the money. And um, 
they're slowly running out of it. So this book is very much two people coming to terms with their sexuality. And the premise is literally like a Cinderella story, if you will. Chris says goodbye to his family as they're going to the ball. And he runs into the drag queen, Coco... (laughs) Is it? It's Chanel Coco Jones. Um, and the Fontaines had just taken the taxi that Chanel Coco Jones had gotten out of. And it turns out that, uh, Coco is actually supposed to be performing at this, this ball. So Coco sees that Chris is kind of like feeling bummed that he's not going to this big event. And basically is like, all right, we're going to get you there. And it's going to be a thing. Like you deserve to go. And every, Every person deserves a fairy godmother. And Coco kind of brings up the fact that Chris is gay to Chris. And Chris knows that he's gay. He just doesn't say it aloud because saying it is different, which is um, actually, I think, one of the chapter names. I think chapter two is actually called, but saying it is different. Saying it is different, yeah, chapter two. And so they wind up going to this ball and the... Coco Jones has two other queens with her that are performing. They're supposed to be like Diana Ross and the Supremes. And while Chris is waiting for the girls backstage, so he's now watched them perform. He is now backstage waiting for them. (laughs) This is the funny part. The outfit that he's wearing was actually given to him by one of the queens. Uh, He doesn't have like a, 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 a proper suit or shoes for that matter. And one of the girls lends him an outfit, and the shoes are too big for him, and they're Ferragamo shoes, so of course they're supposed to be, like, beautiful. And uh, he's fallen out of the shoes a couple of times, so when he's, like, turning in the backstage, his shoe flies off and almost hits this gentleman in the face, and it turns out to be J.J. Kennerly, and they have a moment, and it it's almost like they're... a about to kiss and also Chris audibly gasps <laughs> it's just very like oh my god you caught my shoe and it's very much like I'm clutching my pearls so after that he hears his stepsister's voice Kimberly's voice and he turns and runs so he hears Kimberly coming and JJ and Kimberly have already met uh, and he just runs because Kimberly doesn't know that Chris is at this event. So the next day, uh, Chris is like sitting at home feeling like, oh my God, like maybe it was like a moment. Maybe we had like a like love at first sight thing. Maybe it was like a meet cute. And there's like this little scene where uh, the, uh, the family comes home and they're like, oh, we heard about you and JJ. Like you're going to get married and it's going to be amazing. And it turns out to be a dream, which is just like the fucking worst. And, uh, the family comes home and they're actually like, Oh, Kimberly and JJ had such a good time. Like this is going exactly how it's supposed to. Like, we're definitely going to get him in. Kimberly's going to marry this person and it crushes Chris. So he's like, of course, like how could I have believed that this was going to happen? So the first couple of chapters are pretty packed in terms of like what's going on with the story. So after that, um, Chris gets up early the next day and um, it's a Sunday. So he decides to go to like the corner store and get some bagels to, you know, take care of the family. And 
um, while he's out, he runs into uh, Dwayne, who is the male form of uh, Chanel. And there's like this, like, the only thing in this book is when they're referring to Dwayne, it's Chris is like, I would have confused him for like some like thug. Like I would have crossed the street and I'm like, Oh, interesting. So like, this is a thing that's happening here. And he brings him back to the brownstone to get the borrowed clothes. And, uh, Iris Buck and Kimberly are awake and they're like, who's this person you're bringing in? He's like, Oh, it's just my friend. Like we're going upstairs. I got stuff. And Iris calls him down and is like, you left him alone in the house. So he runs upstairs. They're talking about what, like, how last night was and why Chris ran away so quickly. And as they're talking, Dwayne realizes that Chris doesn't have both of the shoes. So he only has one of the shoes in the pair. And as he's walking about, uh, Dwayne realizes, like, hey, I'm not going to get this shoe back. I guess, like, say, Livy. And they're walking downstairs and out and they decide like oh we should hang out again like i had a good time hanging out with you we should be like actual friends so that was a really cool thing they're like exchanging numbers um through facebook (laughs) so Dwayne is like uh i'll get your number through uh my coco fan page so just go through that and we'll connect through there and uh as they open the door jj kennerly is there and he's holding the shoe so, JJ gets invited in because the Fontaines realize that he's there, and Chris sends Dwayne home. Dwayne almost falls down the stairs, but composes himself. And while Chris is getting breakfast together, they're having brunch, so the Fontaines have convinced JJ to have brunch with them. JJ's trying to find a way to, like, help out in the kitchen, and they're just like, no, no, like, Chris, like, this is his thing. He doesn't let anyone in the kitchen, like, just let him do his thing. And JJ eventually finds a way into the kitchen, and they're talking, and they're about to kiss when Kimberly comes in, and a lot of this book is the two boys trying to find ways to see each other, and eventually... Uh, JJ starts dating Kimberly since they're around so often and they find ways to hang out and start seeing each other like more fully, but it's still very much a secret, which is kind of the, like the sad part. And a lot of this book is Chris feeling like he doesn't have like an actual relationship with JJ and like wanting more and wishing that like, he was the one that was with JJ and there's a part where after the two are officially dating more so so the and by the two I mean uh Kimberly and JJ are officially like dating Chris is always out with them uh at this point because the Kennerleys are a very famous political family there is a point where Kimberly does something bad and she doesn't really she's like a beautiful beautiful girl she doesn't really understand that she can't like really talk in specific ways because she's related she's basically not related to a political person but is dating someone who's very in a very political spot so she has to watch the way that she speaks and she thinks that she's doing something all right but she doesn't 
they wind up having to go to a like a meeting with this person who is in charge of PR for the Kennerleys. And Chris and this woman get into like kind of an argument. And it's mostly because he's defending Kimberly. And this woman is just like, well, you're not listening to me and you have to listen to me or else you're not going to be around that much longer. And uh, it's kind of like this whole kerfluffle. And there's a lot of different layers to the book where, you know, Chris feels as though he's like betraying Kimberly and doing something bad. And then he like will defend her in certain parts, but will also feel as though he has to uh, kind of let things be. Um, But at the same time, he like wants like what's best for Kimberly but he also wants to be in her position where he's the one that's dating JJ. And it's this whole thing. I know that I'm like talking about the book. I don't want to give too much away because there are a lot of important parts that like, if I were to spoil, it would kind of spoil completely. So this episode is just like a little bit shorter than it should be. But, uh, and that's mostly because my voice is very hoarse from screaming all weekend while being in cosplay. So I, I, Honestly, this book, there's a lot that I could talk about, but I feel as though it would give away too much of the actual plot that I haven't spoken about. But I would definitely say that this is like a super cute, fun read for Pride or any time of the year, honestly. I read it in maybe like February, and it's one of my favorite books. It's <laughs> it's really campy, very gay. I would be interested to read other stuff from David Clawson. This is actually his first book. And um, I think that you guys would be really into it. It's kind of like one of my like guilty pleasures, if you will. But yeah, I, I honestly think that My Fairy Godmother is a Drag Queen would be perfect for any kind of summer reading. Um, it's also, like I said, wildly campy, very gay, super fun. Um, and it's an interesting story because it's there's like a political background to it. And a lot of the books that we have read on the podcast so far don't have this kind of content. And the ending is so, so, so cute. And I was like giddy reading the ending. I was like, Oh, this is the thing. Oh my gosh, this is what's happening. The ending comes very much out of like left field. You think it's going to go one way and it goes the other way. And I can't express enough that you should go out and read this book. And hopefully David Clawson has something else coming out in the works. I really like his style of writing. It's, it's fun. And it's just like, I don't know how else to describe it. It's super campy. It's fun. I can't say the word campy enough. Like, it's just like, I think it's because there's drag queens involved. Um, and it's a super cute, like romantic book. So I think you guys would be super into it. I would definitely go out and read it. And that's, like, all I can talk about without giving away too much of the book. And I know this episode is much shorter, but I truly want you guys to go out and pick this book up because it's it's a quirky book. It's uh, it's quirky, it's campy, it's fun, perfect for Pride Month. Um, And also, why wouldn't you want to read a book called My Fairy Godmother is a Drag Queen? Like, I literally picked it up because of the title because it sounded so funny. So if you're into the idea of, like, a Cinderella story, but it's, like much more political, it's gay, and it's just wild, and there's drag queens involved, I would read this. So, yeah. 
that is all I have for you guys for this week. I'm sorry the episode's a little bit shorter, but I have to go rest my voice. But yes, my name is Brendan Patrick, and thank you so much for listening to Super Lit. 